Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. And I'll tell you, we come to a great topic today of how to make the Bible relevant. Uh, you know, because the truth is, a lot of people, they don't think the Bible is relevant. I mean, nobody ever says, oh, Bible? Psh, totally not relevant. I mean, nobody ever says that, but an awful lot of people think that. And a lot of people think that because maybe when they tried to read the Bible for the first time, they read it and they're like, they, they simply didn't understand it. And so because they didn't understand it, they concluded, well, pfft, Bible just must not be relevant to my life. Well, last week we talked about how to read the Bible and read it in a way so you can understand it. So if, ever, if that's you, then I would beg you, go back and, and get last week's podcast and listen to it. It's free and instructions are how to do that in your bulletin. Other people think that the Bible is irrelevant because of the Christ followers that they know, they don't see any difference in their life. I mean, they struggle with all the same struggles and all the same issues that, 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 you know, that we struggle with. And so they go, well, if they're a Christ follower and they read the Bible and their life isn't any different, the Bible must be totally irrelevant. Well, the problem with that is that not everybody who says they're a Christ follower actually follows Christ or reads the Bible. And so to say, oh, well, the Bible must be irrelevant because you're looking at the life of someone who also doesn't read the Bible, well, that, that whole bit of logic and conclusion, it's faulty. In fact, I'll tell you this. Every person that I have ever talked to that has made a serious commitment to reading the Bible, 100% of them tell me the very same thing. They all say, I have found the Bible to be extremely relevant to my life. In fact, they all say this as well. They say, the more I read the Bible, the more I see how relevant it is to my life. And, and I found the Bible to be extremely relevant to my own personal life as well. I mean, I found the Bible to be extremely relevant and speaking to issues about marriage, about parenting, about financial responsibility, about um, maintaining faith, maintaining self-control, overcoming bad habits, even addictions, becoming the kind of person that other people can uh, admire and look up to. You know, I mean, truth is, I'm still working on all of that stuff, you know? In fact, the only people that look up to me consistently are those who are five foot two and shorter, Okay. But the, but there's a sense there's a sense in which there's a sense in which we don't really make the Bible relevant because the Bible already is relevant. Okay, the reality is, and what I'm really talking about today is that we have to learn to read the Bible in such a way to, so we can see how relevant it is, and that is essentially what we're talking about today. So go ahead and pull out your worship your worship guide and your message notes, and so let's start by asking the question: How can I make the Bible? Relevant when I read it, 
Well, here's the first thing you need to do. You need to read it in chunks, not in pieces. You need to read it in chunks, not in pieces. Okay? Read it in chunks, not in pieces. The reality is is that a lot of people, when they read the Bible, they just really read one, maybe two verses at a time. I really recommend that you try to read one to two chapters at a time. Let me illustrate this. I brought with me the Valentine card that Amy gave me this last Valentine's Day, okay? And what if I were to only read the first line in the card and then stop there? You know, Mike, your body is so... Sorry. (laughs) Wrong line. What if I read the first line? Just kidding, that's not in there. What if I were to read the first line? The first line says, Mike... My heart is so full of, and then I stopped there. What if I just stopped and put the card down? And I thought, oh my goodness. I, I want to I really learn and understand what it is that, about this line that she's written. I mean, I want to I dig deep into this line and find out what Amy is so full of. I mean, I, I really want to... <laughs> I want to become an expert in that line. In fact, I'm going to really take that word heart and I'm going to really find out what it means. I'm going to look it up in the Greek. I'm going to look up in the Hebrew. I'm going to find out what the word heart meant in Bible times. I mean, I'm going to become an expert in that line. I don't care if it takes me weeks, even months. In fact, I'm going to lead a small group on this line this summer. And if I were to do that, Amy would look at me and you go, you doofus. Because when she wrote the card... She meant for me to read the whole thing, not just one line. And it's the same thing with the Bible. Unfortunately, a lot of people, I think, approach the Bible and they only read like maybe one verse, one or two lines, one or two verses. And they don't understand that the, that the most of the Bible is written as stories or it's written as letters. And it was meant to be read the whole thing. Big chunks at a time, not in little bitty tiny pieces. And so when you read the Bible, you need to learn to read it in chunks and not like just, you know, one or two verses at a time. Because if you only read one or two verses at a time and you don't really read it in chunks, then you don't see how that one verse fits into the whole big picture of the Bible. And the problem with that is that if you don't see how it fits in the whole big picture of the Bible, you might incorrectly look at that, you know, that, that one little verse and not see how it fits into the whole context of the Bible or the whole context of life. And you might incorrectly conclude that because you're looking at that one verse so tightly, you're like, well, I don't see how this applies to my life. I don't see how this fits in the whole big picture of my life. The Bible must be irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. You're just looking at a little tiny piece. You're looking, and so you can't even see the forest for all the trees. You cannot look at one tiny verse and not see how it fits in the whole big picture of life and therefore conclude the Bible must be irrelevant. Because the Bible was meant to be read in chunks, not in pieces. Okay? I'm going to give you an example. Look at 2 Samuel 
24. I've printed it there for you in your bulletin. Look at this. And you tell me what you would conclude after reading this one verse. 2 Samuel 24, 15 says, So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel that morning, and it lasted for three days. 70,000 people died throughout the nation. Now, you read that verse, what would you think? you think, man, what did these people do? Man, whatever I do, I need to be sure not to make God mad. That's probably what you would conclude. But this verse is not about making God mad. This verse is actually about leadership. Because if you were to read the context of this whole verse, you would read that God is not mad at the people. God was mad at the king. He was mad at King David because King David had sinned against God. And so as a consequence of his sin, God sent a plague to the nation. And 70,000 people died. So the correct conclusion is, as a leader, the decisions that I make don't affect just me. That's what you would conclude after reading the whole passage and seeing how it fits into the whole big picture. I mean, isn't that incredibly relevant? I mean, if you are in a leadership position or if you follow a leader or God has entrusted you with some leadership as a father or as a husband or as a boss or as a teacher, passages like this become extremely relevant. But in order to see it, You have to read the Bible in chunks, not in little pieces. Because then the Bible is relevant and you see the relevancy for the first time. Does that make sense? You got to read it in chunks, not in pieces. So here's what I would recommend to you. I would recommend that you read at least two chapters a day. Now, if you can't get, if you're just starting out, maybe you can only do one chapter a day. One chapter a day, that's great. Try to get to two. If, as soon as you can. But you got to start somewhere. So read one to two chapters a day. Because you got to read it in chunks, not in pieces. Okay? All right. Number two. Here's the second thing. Second thing is this. Look at who and why, then apply. You need to look at who and why, and then apply. Now, these three little words are extremely helpful when you're trying to figure out, you know, what the Bible is trying to say to you. And how to make it, how to make the Bible relevant. Or see how the Bible is relevant. You need to ask who and why, and then apply. And what I mean by that is this. Is you need to ask, who was this written to? You need to ask, why was it written? And then, how does this apply to my life? That's what you're asking when, you're, when I say these three words, okay? So, let me show you how this is done. Look in uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It's printed there for you. It says, this is how the book of Luke opens up. It says, See, uh, it says, since I myself have studied everything carefully from the beginning, most excellent Theophilus, it seemed good for me to write it out to you, or for you. I arranged it in order to help you know that what you have been taught is true. Okay? So, let's go this. Who was this written to? Who's the whole book of Luke written to? It's written to a guy named Theophilus. Okay, it's written to Theophilus and Theophilus was unsure about what he believed. He had some doubts. Okay, why was the book of Luke written? 
the book of Luke was written so that Theophilus would understand why he believed what he believed and so that he would have some solid ground to stand on in his faith. Okay? Now, here's the big part. And then apply. This is, this is the most important of the three questions. Then you need to apply this. How does this apply? It means that if the book of Luke was laid out and organized and researched so that Theophilus would not doubt, then this would be a great book to read if I have doubts or when I have doubts or to prevent me from having doubt. I mean, this is what the book of Luke would be great for. And and incidentally, this Theophilus, his name actually comes from two words, Theo, which means God, and phileo, which means love. So literally, he was a God lover. So look, if you want to be someone who loves God and does not doubt, the book of Luke would be perfect to read. You see how when you ask these three simple questions, bam, all of a sudden, it becomes incredibly relevant because who hadn't had doubts before, right? It becomes extremely relevant. In fact, this little phrase, who and why, then apply, that is such an easy thing to teach your kids or your grandkids. I mean, when you know, take a Bible story, just pick one, take a Bible story, read it with them, and then say, okay, kids, who was this written to? Why was it written? And how does it apply? Who, why, and apply. And by doing that, you're teaching them how to read the Bible in a way that it's, makes it relevant. Does that make sense? Okay. Third thing that you can do. Here's number three. Always pray, teach me, Lord, whatever I need to know today. Oh, that's a long feeling, so I'll give you a second to write it in. Teach me, Lord, whatever I need to know today. Ask God to teach that. You're asking God to say, you're saying, basically, God, teach me. You're asking him to teach me. Um, this is a very simple one-sentence prayer. I like it because, truthfully, it's easy to remember. <laughs> and that's good for people like me. All right? But when you pray this prayer, you know, teach me, Lord, whatever I need to know today, you're admitting two things. When I pray it, I'm admitting two things. First thing I'm admitting is that I am dependent on God to teach me. I'm dependent on him. So I'm telling him I'm dependent on you, Lord. The second thing I'm saying is that, God, I trust you that you are going to give me whatever I need to know for today. Now, it might not be something I use today because maybe God's getting me ready for something in the future. But I'm saying, okay, God, teach me today whatever I need. Whether I need it today or tomorrow, you're teaching me today. That's what I'm admitting to God when I pray this prayer, okay? Look at this verse of scripture because I think it's incredibly revealing. In 1 John 2, 27, the Bible says this. It says, but you have received the Holy Spirit. And that, that means, look, that means that when you become a Christ follower, God's Holy Spirit comes to live inside your heart. Okay, that's what it's saying. And he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. I mean, the truth is, teachers and preachers are helpful. But the truth is, God is the best teacher. And the primary tool he uses to teach us is the Bible. Okay? I want you to underline this part. For the Spirit teaches you all things. For the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, teaches you all things. 
And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So continue in what he has taught you. And continue to live in Christ. Look, God's Spirit, His Holy Spirit, will help you see how any passage of Scripture is relevant and true. But look, you have to ask. You need to sit down with your Bible and you need to simply ask, Lord, whatever I need to know today, teach it to me. Teach it to me. And then... Let him show you. Let him help you uncover the who and the why and, then, and apply. Look, and some days are going to be more powerful than others. And some days, you know, they're going to be a little bit, you know, not, not, as, not as amazing. And that's okay. I mean, that's just how it is with Bible reading, okay? But let me give you one tip that I think will really help you immensely. It'll help you tremendously with this. And that's, the tip is this. Write notes in the margin. Here's the tip. You need to write notes in the margin i made a copy out of um the uh, this is out of my bible i mean i made a copy out of one page of my bible just so i could show you that whenever god shows me something or it jumps off the page at me i'll underline it and then i'll write a little note out to the side okay just because i want to remember what it is that god showed me why it was so or if you can't like read exactly what it says, that, 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 that doesn't really matter but just write a little note to yourself. Because if God tells you something, I mean, isn't that important enough to write down? Here's the thing. I used to think it was like sacrilegious to write in a Bible. I, I really did. I mean, because my thinking went like this. If you can't even let the American flag touch the ground, then how much more careful should I be with a Bible? And so for years, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't let my Bible touch the ground. I would never write in my Bible. I mean, because I wouldn't take the American flag and scribble all over it. So, I mean, there's no way I'm writing in my Bible. And then one day God showed me, he's like, look, 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 you understand. While the words on the page are holy, the paper is not. And you do great honor to me and to the words on the page when you obey them. And so if I'm going to obey them, when God tells me something about a specific passage, if I'll underline it or write a little note out beside it, and that helps me in the future come back and learn to obey what he showed me in the past, well, then that's worth doing. That's how I encourage you. Write in your Bible. It is a tool that God has given you to use for your life. And incidentally, let me say this. When you're reading, this is also why it's super important that you don't just read like one or two verses. Because if you only read one or two verses, you know what you're saying to God? You're saying, okay, God, I want you to guide me in life. I want you to change me. I want you to help me make key decisions. But here's the deal. You only get two verses a day to do that with. That's it. That's you better get moving. I mean, that's it. What's what you're saying to God? And so, look, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And although there might be some days when God does something great in your life, and there probably will be, they're going to be few and far between because that's not typically how God works. You got to give God more to work with by reading more and then writing it down or underlining it or making it a part of you. Because when you do that, I'm telling you, you're allowing God to bring so much of his truth and power and authority into your heart and into your life. It's a big deal. Okay, 
I'm going to show you how all of this fits together and how all of this works, okay? In this last passage we're going to look at this morning is 2 Samuel 23. This is a passage, I read my quiet time just this last week. So, uh, in my, just in my personal Bible reading, I came across this passage and I felt like I wanted to share it with you today because it's a great illustration of everything we're talking about today. Let me give you the context because we don't have time to read chapters 23 and 24, which is what I read that day. Chapter 23 um, is describing David's mighty men. There were three of them. His three mighty men. These were the bravest of the brave. I mean, these guys were amazing. They were unbelievable. Courage, valiant warriors, okay? And the, the, the snippet we have space to look at today is talking about the second of David's three mighty men, okay? So here it is, 2 Samuel 23, 9 and 10. Next to him, the first guy, was the second guy. His name was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahoite, okay? Now, if your dad's name is Dodai, you're going to be one tough kid, okay? I mean, that's just, that's just the reality of it. As, as one of the three mighty men, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pass Damim for battle. Then the men of Israel retreated, but he stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Oh. How cool is that? I mean, look, this guy would never eat at La Madeline, okay? I mean, this guy was a, a, a real manly guy, okay? Anyway before, I, anyway, before I read the past that day, I said, okay, Lord, teach me what I need to know today. Okay, and I asked, okay, well, who was this, who was this written to? Okay, um, this basically was, was written to anyone who was interested um, in opposing those who opposed God, okay? And anybody who wanted to know about three, David's three mighty men, okay? Why was this written? It was written to anyone who wanted to serve the king. You know, and I want to serve my king. I want to serve the Lord. And so... Then, how does this apply to me? Remember, that is the most important question. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, Eleazar was a leader of his day. And anytime I come across anything in the Bible about leadership, man, I pay close attention because I, I love the leadership stuff in the Bible. So there came a day when Eleazar found himself alone, surrounded by the enemies that opposed God and God's work in the land. And so he made a choice that day. He made a choice to make a stand and fight. And so, just as Macbeth says, he screwed his courage to the sticking place and fought with all his might. And he made a commitment to fight or die trying. And when I tried, applied this, let the Holy Spirit apply this to my life, I realized, <clears throat> you know what? There's going to be times as a leader when I'm going to feel alone. But if I'm alone because I'm making a stand for God and against those who oppose God and his force in the land, then so be it. And I'm going to fight with all my might or die trying. And for me as a pastor, that means I'm going to fight to reach the lost at any cost and grow them to maturity. That is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it until I die. Period. 
see how that works? You just simply follow the steps we talked about this morning. And all of a sudden, the Bible becomes extremely relevant and pertinent to your life. So let me just say this. Speaking of reaching the lost at any cost, has there ever come a time in your life when you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to forgive you for everything you've ever done, and then committed your life to following him? Has there ever come a time when you've done that? There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed a prayer like that before, then I'm telling you, pray that prayer this morning. Pray it like right now. Become a Christ follower. If you've never prayed it before, pray it today. Because I'm telling you, God loves you and wants you to go to heaven when you die. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. But you have to accept that forgiveness that's offered to you. If you've never accepted it, pray that prayer and accept it for the first time today. And I'll also say this. Once you become a Christ follower, or those of you that have become Christ followers, once you become a Christ follower, I'm telling you, this book will become incredibly relevant. In fact, it will become incredibly valuable. Because you will begin to understand and see, if you follow these three little steps we talked about this morning, you'll see how relevant it is to exactly what you need that day or maybe the next. It will become God's divine guidebook. It will become inspirational. It will become motivational. It will become that beacon that will guide you through life. It will help you make key decisions. It will help you become a better husband, a better father, a better employee, a better boss, a better leader, a better everything in your life because you're not just reading a verse at a time. You're taking it in in huge chunks and you're learning about the who and the why and, and you're learning how to apply it because God's Holy Spirit is teaching you every step along the way. That is how it works and that is how the Bible is relevant and how you make it relevant. And the truth is we don't make it relevant. It already is relevant. But that's how we read it, to see how relevant it is. Does that make sense? All right. Then here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your connection card. And I want you to take the next step or steps that you feel like God is asking you to take today. And maybe it's this first next step. When I sit down to read my Bible, I will read at least one chapter at least one chapter. And if you're already reading one chapter, scratch that out and write the word two. Because if you can get to two, that's what I really want you to get to. Because I think that is a sustainable pace over the long run. There'll be days you might, you're in, a, in the middle of a great story. You're like, whoo, I'm going to read like six or seven because the story is so good. And that happens. But you got to make a commitment to read what the minimum is. All right, here's the next one. I will read my Bible blank times this week. And I want you to put a number in there. How many days this week are you going to read your Bible? Now, if you read your Bible seven days last week, just put seven, okay? It's hard to put anything else. But here's the thing. If you didn't read your Bible seven days last week, think about how many days you read it, and then I want to challenge you, add one. So if you read it four, read it five. If you read it two, read it three. Here's the next one. When I read the Bible and a passage seems important to me, I will ask myself who, why, and apply. Because you can't ask that about every single verse. It'll take you forever to read two chapters. But you, I mean, you know, you get that feeling like, oh man, this is important. It just kind of jumps out at you. Then, then pause and stop and ask who, why, and then apply. All right, here's the next one. 
When I read my Bible, I'll pray, teach me, Lord, what I need to know today. Would you do that? Just pray that very simple prayer. This next one. I want to become a Christ follower for the first time today. Maybe you prayed that prayer at the bottom of the message notes. Maybe you prayed that for the very first time today. If that's you, then check that box. Because I want to mail you some free stuff in the mail to help you get started. I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. It's on a table just before you walk outside of each of these three doors. Grab one just before you walk out. All right, or this last one. I'll memorize 1 John 2, 27. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you all things, and what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So continue in what he has taught you, and continue to live in Christ. It's a great verse. Would you memorize it? Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much for the power of today and for the power of your Bible. And not that it's any more relevant than it always has been. But God, I ask that you would help us to read it in such a way where we see it's relevant. And so, Lord, for the person in this room that struggled with the Bible and never really been able to read it effectively, I ask that today you would use these tools to unlock the door for them. And, Lord, I ask that for those that are even experienced Bible readers, God, that you would help us to use these tools to make it that much more exciting. Because, God, bottom line, we want to follow you. We want you to show us your way, your way through this life, your way for how you want us to live, your way for how you want us to glorify you. And ask you to do it through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.